You're listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. For more on Screening in Kingston, more episodes, info about our movie clubs, and a lot more fun movie content, visit screeninginkingston.com. This is going to be one of my favorite episodes, and I can already tell because our fans voted, and Buffy the Vampire Slayer is our topic this week. It's TV week on Fan Appreciation Month. Um, Taylor, I know you're excited too. Oh yeah, like this This is probably my favorite TV show. I think it's pretty Of all time? To, yeah, yeah. Really? Well, yeah. There you go. Um, and at fan request, fan requested and voted. Matt Salton is back. Welcome back, Matt. Hi. Thanks for having me back. And thanks to the fans for welcoming me back. Yeah, don't don't thank it. us. They demand, yeah, don't thank <laughs> us. We put the vote up there, but like, you know, they I, I gotta say, Matt, I voted for Star Trek. So um, the fans, the reason why you're back. You know what, Mike? I forgot to vote this week. You didn't vote? <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I guess I just knew in my heart Buffy was gonna win by a landslide, so I didn't think I needed to vote. It did win it. by a lot. It did win by a lot. Now I will say Star Trek had more votes than I expected it to. I, I didn't think a lot of people like listen to our episodes when we do Star Trek. So uh, I was very happy to see that it did get some votes. But unfortunately, Buffy did have much, much more because people love Buffy. And Matt, I, I really do think our fans love hearing from you. You're a regular guest. We always have fun when you're on the show. Oh, you guys are so nice. Well, again, thank the fans. I voted for Star Trek. I don't know if you're getting this. <laughs> Though I, you know, Matt, I would love to have you back for a Star Trek episode because I would like like to discuss your feelings on Data more thoroughly. I, I could only share my feelings about the film films. Well, that's okay. There's Especially Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan, which is one of my favorite movies. Yeah, I love Wrath of Khan. Absolutely. Well, then we'll bring you back. Then when we talk movies, Star Trek movies, we'll bring you back. Um, so we have a lot to get to today. We have a lot of fun stuff. Our, our, uh, pr- our producer, I'm giving him that official title, Austin, um, has done uh, some cool stuff for us. He's got a fun game for us to do at the beginning. We've got lots of fan questions that are all related to Buffy. So we're going to go through those. Um, and then we're going to talk once more with Feeling, the musical episode, as well as the whole series. Um, we're going to rate the musical episode, talk about like we would be reviewing a movie, and then otherwise we'll see where the conversation goes. We have lots to talk about with Buffy, and um, we're all excited about it. It's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, now, in Taylor and I were talking before you got here, Matt, just just offline about what sort of prep we did, and I watched some Buffy, but I know it very well, so didn't really feel like I needed to do much catch up. And Taylor, you said you did rewatch the musical episode and a couple episodes. Yep. Yeah. And I actually, um, I've been meaning to return to Buffy for quite some time. And this was kind of the kick in my butt. So um, that's probably going to be what I'll be watching from here on out until I'm all caught up. And then I want to start watching Angel, but I want to time it in such a way that it lines up with my Buffy watching. If that and you, you do know that timeline like you. you well, know I'll have to relook it up, but it's like. I'm pretty sure Angel's... Taylor, I can tell you right now. Okay, what right season? Now. What, what season you know, Okay, Buffy? end of season three of Buffy, yep. Angel leaves for Ella. Yep. So start season right. one of Angel and season four of Buffy at the same time. 
Got it. Right. Because Cordelia doesn't decide, she doesn't go to university. She wants to be an actress. Correct. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> that that doesn't last long, but yes. Nope. Yeah. Like, I think it's like one episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yes. Yeah. Yeah. She doesn't, her dream to become an actress does not, uh, does not go far. Um, but yeah, that's where you do. And, and now make sure you watch Buffy and then Angel to go back and forth episode wise. Um, right. Just because that's how it aired. Okay. Um, so, so Buffy, there are some like crossover yeah. things that happen, and and usually it's it's you got to get the the Buffy episode in first, and then the Angel one. Yeah, like when her mom passes away. We're gonna do spoilers, obviously. Oh yeah, that, sorry, not, that should have been uh, apparent. <laughs> if you have not yet watched Buffy, that's on you. That's not yeah. On you. No, th- this is spoiler heavy. We'll we'll put it in okay. the description too. Spoiler heavy, absolutely. We can't talk about this without spoiling it. Um, so Matt, what kind of prep did you feel you needed to do for this or, or any? <laughs> oh, so, so I have, today was a very busy day as I am, uh, it's, it's super busy here in the office for the Reload Queer Film and Video Festival happening January 27th, February 6th, 2022 at the screening room and online. But, um, I, <laughs> nice plug, nice plug, Matt. Hey, um, oh, you can plug it on here all you want. <laughs> but I, but I did, I did, um, I was listening on Spotify to the to the soundtrack, so that was my prep. Nice. I've watched. I've watched. I've watched it so many times. I don't know if there's any prep needed. Yeah, we'll find I, out. Yeah. Well, I think we have three big Buffy fans on on this podcast, so I, I don't think there's going to be a problem whatsoever with us talking about it today. Um, with that in mind, let's get going. Um, so as I mentioned, Austin has a game. We're going to kick off with that. This is a lot of fun because I've been wanting to do something like this on the show for a very long time. And Austin has made it happen, um, before I did, I guess there's been nothing stopping us. We just didn't do this. So what we're going to be doing is having a debate. So Taylor and Matt will be debating uh, a certain topic that I'm about to to announce here. And we're going to go just go back and forth. I'm going to give them a 30, 30 seconds to kind of present their arguments and then do a little bit of counter, a little bit of back and forth. Um, I'm going to moderate it. And the idea is they have to convince me of their two arguments. And at the end of this episode, you can go on our website or social media and we're going to put a poll up of this of this debate and we want the fans to you to decide, hey, who is more convincing? Uh, not necessarily who you agree with right off the bat, that's the thing about a debate. Who who convinced you more with their arguments? So that's what we're going to do today. And the topic is very simple. Which Buffy villain was more impactful? So which Buffy villain was the most impactful Buffy villain? So Taylor and Matt, you, you've got your villains ready to go. So why don't we just do a little intro here before we get to kind of your arguments? Let's just go through and say, who did you pick? Starting with Matt, you're the guest. Who... Uh, was the most impactful Buffy villain. I'm going to say, Michael, Willow Rosenberg, season six. Great choice. Great choice. Okay, Taylor, who was the most impactful Buffy villain in your mind? Richard Wilkins III, commonly referred to as the mayor, season three. (laughs) Very good. Very good. Very good. Two two very good picks. Uh, he was amazing. Can I just say like they Buffy's had a lot of great guest stars. I'm sure we'll talk about it at some point in time. But he he was incredible. This um, seems biased already. 
Well, okay, that, you yeah. then convince me. Mike, Mike clearly is not an impartial judge. Oh, whatever. <laughs> I'm saying the actor was good. Hey, I, I, my own opinion, I can set it aside. It's all about your points. So I'm going to give you both 30 seconds to give an opening address that's uninterrupted, and then we're going to start the kind of the kind of back and forth. Uh, counterpoints, that type of that type of thing. So I have a couple like lead in questions that Austin gave me that will help uh, with getting kind of you both discussing it. But let's do 30 second arguments. So Matt, yes, go ahead. Whenever you start talking, your 30 seconds begins. Oh, my God. Okay. Uh, I chose Willow Rosenberg from season six. I thought she was the most impactful villain. Because she was someone that we have cared about all throughout the show so for her to go completely over to the dark side um really plays with uh fans emotions um we don't want to see willow in pain um and the cause of of her complete um transition to the dark side was of course the murder of her girlfriend tara and that's Uh, your 30 seconds good opening statement there matt but it goes fast that's I was just going to say, dang, that is... Uh... A very good opening. I know. <laughs> Matt really brought it, Taylor, <laughs> for being told about a minute ago before we started that uh, this was happening. He really he really brought the heat. So, Taylor, wow. you're up next. you got Hello. 30 seconds uninterrupted. So whenever you start talking, your 30 seconds will begin. Tell us why the mayor is the most impactful villain. Yeah, tell us, Taylor. <laughs> to me, he represents the banality of evil and is probably the most grounded of the big bads um despite obviously having being of a supernatural element so um i think his character arc is fascinating i think he shows how evil um can be funny and also uh how his relationship with faith is very interesting um sort of that father daughter sort of and that's your 30 seconds (laughs) Um, yeah, I mean, bringing up faith was good. That's a that's a good thing in terms of impactful because faith, you know, actually for both uh, Angel and Buffy has a pretty big role to play, um, especially in, in coming back to the end. So, yeah, that's very interesting. OK, so now Austin's got a couple things that, that he wants us to address. So this one's a little different now. Now that you've had your, your opening statements, we kind of know where you're going. I'm going to put this out there and either of you can answer as you will and you can counterpoint the other person and i will moderate to make sure everyone has has uh, equal speaking time though you're both extremely polite so i'm sure this won't get very rowdy um but the question that he wants to to leverage is about damage to him impactful means they've done the most damage in terms of affecting oh. the characters infecting the story uh affecting where characters go so tell me a little bit about your choice and why they've done the most damage Either of you can start. I wish we had known this definition before. Because <laughs> I think the mayor told me win. not to give the definition until after. <laughs> I can. I can. Well, damage doesn't have to be physical. Go ahead. Go ahead. Taylor. I can jump in because he, like, in terms of physical, he destroys the whole school during the ascension. The mayor does. So, like, you have the the body counts, um, and that really reverberates into season four. We see that impact. Um, Xander's construction firm is tasked with rebuilding the school. Dawn's first day of school um, 
the high school is haunted because of all of the deaths involved. So in terms of physical deaths and destruction, pretty high death toll. And then again, the impact, he really, we really see uh, Faith, you know, she's always kind of ambiguous, but then her relationship with the mayor really changes things for her, sets her on a course, which um, fundamentally uh, changes her relationships with the Scoobies. And do you feel that, as Mike said, all the way into Angel, like her redemption does not come until much later, all because of the mayor in season three. Well, there you go. Wow. Okay, Matt, follow that up. Well, I would say that <clears throat> Willow's was definitely more uh, personal. I think it was more of a pain, uh, a pain, uh, a painful turmoil that <clears throat> resulted in possibly the most disturbing murder we've ever seen on Buffy. I can't think of another more like, wow, That's this true. is something else murder when she finally gets her hand on Warren for murdering her girlfriend and flails him alive rips the skin right off his disgusting persona and you just see it too you see the whole thing it doesn't cut away you see it (laughs) It, and just the sound effects also there's all kinds of fun things about Dark Willow like there was there was uh, the the chase scene where she's on top of the truck and she's right. Like I've never mm-hmm. seen um, like a stunt that um, that uh, involved, I guess on the show before where she's chasing them down. And um, yeah. And I don't know. And like she, I know that like neither the mayor or Willow get their, you know, get their wish as far as it goes. But I think that Willow's goal was of, was destroying the earth. Yeah. So I think, I mean, so I would say that her intentions after she gets rid of Warren were going to be a lot more impactful. Mm, That's a good point. Her intentions being more impactful. Okay. So this is the last part of the debate. You now have to tell us why your choice has something that the other choice doesn't be specific to why does the mayor for you, Taylor, why is the mayor more impactful than Willow. What what flaws and things does Willow not have that the mayor did and for Matt vice versa? What does the mayor not have that Willow does? And this is the last part of the debate before I make my ruling. Matt, why don't you go first? Um, sure. Okay, well, what the mayor doesn't have that Willow has is a connection to the audience. So we have uh, we have sympathy slash empathy we have uh, affinity with Willow and um, the consequences are much deeper than um, than the mayor turning into a giant snake and eating high school students. So there. <laughs> yeah, now, now the mayor does eat one of my favorite characters. So. Who? Uh, pr- Principal, um, the Armin Sherman's character, Principal Snyder. Snyder. Yeah. yeah. Who? So Principal Snyder, the actor who plays him, also plays uh, a role in Star Trek Deep Space Nine. So it's always that Star Trek connection. For me, um, kind of going back to the other definition of impactful, less body count, just more like emotional connection, I guess. I love a 
flawed villain or kind of a good anti-hero. And for me, they are um, funny. You know, there's there's a sense of humor. So Evil Willow has no sense of humor. She is just on a destruction path. I mean, you could argue that it's um, righteous anger, but it she's really not funny. Whereas um, the mayor every scene he just steals every scene you just want to watch him um you know his his obsession with germs he has these like little quirks about him that to me are just hilarious and so that's why um in combination to his uh body count to the ripple effects that he had on the characters in later seasons um really his sense of humor is what does it for me and that's why he's the best Okay, um, so this is the thing. This is why it's a debate and not just based on opinion. I have an opinion that is different than what the ruling I'm about to give based only on the arguments given because there's things you both didn't say that could have, I think, really buried the other person, but you're both so nice, just the nicest two people. To, to like, If it was me versus either of you, I would just be yelling at you and telling you you're wrong, but you're, you're both so nice. But I will say that I think Matt won this. Okay. I think Matt won this because the biggest point he brought up that Taylor, you didn't really have a counterpoint to was him saying the mayor wanted to destroy the school. Willow wanted to destroy the world. So even after Willow accomplished her goal and Matt even brought that up as like they, they didn't accomplish it, but she accomplished more of her goal than than uh, the mayor ever did because she caught the guy. You know, she she killed Warren. So I think that Matt did a better job of explaining that for the impact that is even potential impact. She had a greater one. So, Matt, in my opinion, you win this debate. So congratulations. My thank you. And we'll see what the fans think. Yeah, we'll see what the fans think. We're going to put that out there. Hopefully the fans will vote based on the arguments. Because I, I really do, I do, they won't. <laughs> they'll, they'll vote on who, what their favorite is. Um, but I, I really do think the mayor is amazing and had some great, great impact uh, on the show. Especially because Taylor, the point I would have brought up was, yes, she wanted to destroy the world, but the mayor destroyed the world of Buffy at the time. We knew nothing That's but true. that high school yeah. for three seasons, and he destroyed it. So yeah. that would have been my counterpoint. But yes, yes, I think that it was good. I will say, I'm, I may be misremembering. But it wasn't just destroying the school. Like he was going to eat the school. And then wasn't it going to be... His ascension, I think, would have been permanent. Like he would have been this ridiculous, immortal beast. He he? opened the Hellmouth. Yeah. Was it that? Yeah, yeah. He would have been like a King King Snake Pooba. King Snake, yeah. Of the Hellmouth. You know, it's funny. um, So I watched this show when it was originally running on YTV. Nice. And uh, we never saw that. We never saw the Ascension Part 2 um, until a good year later. They never aired that, um, Why? that episode. Because of Columbine. Oh, yes. So we never did get a conclusion. It was like the, the new season started and we still had never seen Ascension Part 2. Mm. Because it was, a, I mean... Now you look at it and go, oh, this has nothing to do with Columbine. But no, you know, and but now there's school shooting shootings. It seems like every week, and um, but but back then it was a you know a rare thing, and, oh, yeah. and the, the episode was basically 
you know, a high school, and high school kids dying. Their lives. Yeah. 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 Well, and, and especially, yeah. When something's just happening, you want to be sensitive and it's just a better move to kind of, to pull things. But that's, that's interesting. I, the yeah. first time I ever watched Buffy was on YTV as well, but I, I didn't actually watch it. Um, all the way through until much later. I just caught episodes here and there. So yeah, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Um, but yeah, there you go. That's that's the end of our uh, our debate. Mike, do you uh, have a sections. favorite villain though? Like a just a favorite? Yeah. What would be your favorite? Or what villain was your most impactful? Who would you've? Well, I think for me the most. Hmm. I think the most impactful villain was Glory. Um, because Glory succeeded in doing something that forced Buffy to die. Um, and, and I think you know, the whole, she, I think Dawn, sorry, go ahead, Taylor. And originally like the series was supposed to end. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah. talk about impactful. <laughs> talk about impact. And I, I think the creation of Dawn was so impactful, which had to do with, with Glory, you know, the, the key being, being, you know, formed into a person and sent to the Slayer as a daughter that rewrote the the history of the show. And I thought that was really cool, but I think glory, like glory was the first person to like really, really physically damage someone like, cause she attacked Tara as well. Um, and, and sucked out like part of her brain, you know, used her energy or whatever. So that was like something that the show yes, had done here and there, but usually was characters like, you know, who left and whatever, like we hadn't had a big sort of death in a while. So I, I think Glory did a lot. And the the whole Spike storyline, I think, ended up being pushed forward because of Glory. So I think I think Glory had the most impact on this series. There you go. That Agree to disagree. <laughs> yes, that's okay. fine. That's fine. I wasn't in the debate, okay? I wasn't in the debate. Maybe next time. I want to I wanna be in the debate, but we'll do that next time. We do have a lot of fan questions. We got to get to. Right. We want to talk about, we want to re- review once more the feeling. We want to talk about the series, but these fan questions all have to do with Buffy. So let's get to them. Um, we'll start with uh, Josh, who's a little more on brand this week and and wrote in questions that have to do with what we're talking about. Um, so Josh says, oh, hey, um, who do you relate to the most in Buffy? So what character do we all relate to the most in Buffy? Uh, Matt, do you want to start? Um, I'm going to say uh, <clears throat> Anya. <laughs> Um, because okay well I don't know I just I've always loved Anya and um I like that Anya sticks up for the underdogs or like the the disenfranchised and um and she's funny and she's cool and she um yeah um she 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 She's always trying to reinvent herself um, and understand people. And I guess because I'm I'm neurodiverse, I I find myself in that situation a lot where I have I'm more of an outsider looking in on people, and sometimes more of a social chameleon and and just trying to sort of mimic people. And yeah, I don't know. That's a good definitely that's a great answer. Yeah. That's a great answer. Andrew, yeah. Anya is a fantastic character. Andrew, a fashionista. <laughs> She has the best style on the show. I'm definitely not a fashionista. No, <laughs> I would say though she is the most fashionable. Some of those outfits are. She does. She does have a different hairstyle in every episode. 
We know yeah, her hairstyle was changing constantly. Every episode is different. I'll have to just keep an eye when I'm rewatching the later seasons. She she's quite the addition to the show. Like she really she's makes great. a big impact. Yeah, she's very great. And um, Taylor. So oh, this is a tough one. I would say maybe Willow. Even though like I'm I'm not a Willow, but I can relate to her especially in the Mm. earlier seasons when you know she was really nerdy and trying to find her place and wasn't really sure of herself and then she kind of hits her stride when she starts dating Oz and you know um you know I personally uh, don't struggle with um addiction but you know the in when she's kind of at the beginning she's like not in the deep end yet, but trying to use mm-hmm. magic to problem solve. I really yeah. identify with that, you know, like instead of, you know, I know best, I'm going to wave my magic wand and I'm going to fix it. That to me is a very relatable um, totally. impulse. Uh, and, but, you know, I, I also would like to think that I'm a Giles, but maybe that's thinking too highly of myself. <laughs> but, um, you know, being a little pretentious but also you know being like a lover of books and history and you know just being around like young people that are driving you crazy all the time i i identify with that as well i of all the fan questions this was actually the hardest because i never feel like i relate too much to characters in in shows that i like i more just yeah because you're a robot yeah, I'm <laughs> you I'm just enjoy you were, the different characters. You know, you can be the the robot dad. I'm Adam. Actually. He's horrible. I'm 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 Adam, <laughs> the the robot from season four. The the what are they called? The the um cyborg? initiative or whatever. Oh, the, initiative. Yeah, the initiative. Yeah, the cyborg that gets put together. I'm Adam. Yeah, like I think I don't know. I guess if I had to pick someone. Maybe Riley. maybe Riley, yeah, because yeah. I'm I'm I feel like I'm a by the books person, which Riley was, and and the the whole world of Buffy is just overwhelming to him. Like he's he's always he sees the world very much like the the you know do the right things, get up in the morning, black and white. do do the yeah, very black and white. Like here's my schedule. This is what I got to do today. This is it. This is the way things are. There are, you know, there are good people. Demons are bad. We got to stop them. And then the whole world of Buffy, like it always overwhelms. And, 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 you know, to, again, to Riley's credit, he's open to that. It's just, it's not what he's, he's used to. He's a and, normal you know, he's from guy. A small town. Yeah. He's kind of just, <laughs> going through about his business so maybe riley i guess i don't know i again i what i like about the show is how different all these characters are and them relating to each other and, and clashing like that's what i i find so interesting about the show so i i'm someone who i i think i can relate to all of them in a lot of ways you know i, I can relate to especially the whole idea of especially in the musical episode like buffy's opening number going through the motions i can relate to that 100 percent where times where you're you're in a job, you've been doing something for a very long time, and then you feel like you're just going through the motions and things Who are going stale, and you don't know why, right? Like I think it's such a I think it's such a relatable thing. So I don't know. I think they're all relatable, but yeah, okay, I'll go with Riley. I think we're all comfortable with that. Um, uh, and then uh, Josh said, "P.S. Mike, would you ever consider dyeing your hair the same color as Spike?" And that's from Josh the Inquisitor, and the answer is no. I would not. Uh, moving on. 
Uh, what about for Lily? charity? Uh, for charity? Yeah. I guess it depends how much I like the charity, Matt. <laughs> like that I don't know. Be... I see something being set up here. <laughs> well, I suppose if it was for a really good cause and, and the charity was going to get a lot of money out of it, then yes, of course I would do it. <clears throat> Let's make it happen. Okay. Uh, Lily has but, a question. But Matt, we'd also have to spike it the way that Spike. Oh, yeah, absolutely. With the gel and everything. Some dippity doo. <laughs> Manic panic and some dippity doo. And a generous donation to the charity of Mike's choice. Who's the making the donation? Like, am I donating money and getting this done? Mike, I'm or am I sure, raising money? I'm pretty we'll sure our, our we'll fans. Our fans would definitely donate if it meant you were going to do a spike hairdo. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's get to Lily's question, okay? Lily's yeah. question's a lot of fun. What's the funniest episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer? That's what Lily wants to know. Simple question. Uh, Lily says that she really enjoys the humor of the show. That was one of the things that draw, drew her to it. Yes, it's dark. Yes, it's really good around Halloween, but the humor sort of lulls you into a false sense of security, and then it hits you with drama uh, and excitement, which I think, Taylor, was kind of what you were saying about the man. Yes. I think he really represents all the best parts of Buffy. The darkness, more ambiguity, humor. Yeah. Love it. Um, well, the debate's over, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, so, yeah. What, but what do you think, Taylor? What, what, what's the what's your, That's, like, what's a funny episode of Buffy that you like? It's hard because... Um, like Lily said, like, I would say every episode is kind of funny. You know what I mean? Because of the writing. Um, so it's hard to pick just one. But a good funny episode would probably be the Dracula episode. Oh, man, that was going to be mine. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was going to be mine. Like, Xander, like Xander's whole thing about how he becomes, um, like, Dracula's helper, whatever his name is yeah. and stuff. Uh, so... Yeah, that's good. One of the Halloween episodes when the they reveal the big bad for that episode and it turns out he's like a teeny tiny demon. <laughs> like that was a really good payoff. Um, it's the Halloween when they get locked inside a frat house. Like they can't leave the frat house and Anya is a bunny for Halloween. Oh, yes. Mm. Yes. Um, yeah. That's a good one. That's a good one too. Um, Everything in the haunted house turns real. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's a great episode. That's season four. Like, that's yeah. a really, really good yeah. episode from season four. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I think those two are probably, like, the standout funniest. Only because, again, it's hard It's hard to pick out, like, funny moments, if that makes sense. Like, every episode kind of had funny moments. Until, like, later seasons when Buffy's, like, really depressed, then it's less funny. But... I would say the first four seasons are like pretty solid jokes like throughout. Matt, what about you? Well, I'm I I, I mean last last time I was on we talked about Tabula Rasa. That's yeah. a pretty funny yeah. episode. It's also really, really dark. Yes. Um, yeah. like like it's sort of bookended by like it's it starts off dark and ends dark. But that's what's so great about the show is this sort of uh the balance of of tone is handled so well that you can have like these this like very very dark beginning very dark end but then you've got like sublime physical humor and everything else in between it all um i'm watching the great right now the the sort of like the the um faux historical 
uh, series on Catherine the Great with uh, Elle Fanning right now. And it reminds me of Buffy because it has these sincere moments mixed with absurdity, mixed with like horrific things that happen. Um, so if you haven't seen that, that's a great one to, to start binging. It's on also, Amazon Prime right now. I'm just going to plug that, Matt. Also on Amazon Prime. You can get both your Buffy and Great Fix all in one place. That's right. Um, I will say, though, that the one scene that I always laugh about um, is also in one of the scariest episodes, arguably the scariest, and that's Hush, season yeah. four. Season Hush four, episode amazing. 10, when everyone loses their voice due to the spectral The Gentleman. Yes. And there's the scene where they're in the lecture hall and Giles has gathered all the Snoobies <laughs> together and using a um, an overhead projector to talk about their plan. And there's so much in there that is laugh out loud hilarious. All his drawings are incredible. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. They're all, that, that entire everything, all, all the gestures, everything the that's ge- said yeah. in that. Yeah, the stabby so gesture good. that looks yeah, like. The stabby yeah, the stabby gesture. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're all confused. And she's like, no, and takes out the stake. It's, yeah, it's very funny. Yeah. I, I, and I, Buffy's, I, Buffy's a, drawn a little bit wider than the other characters she takes offense mm-hmm. to that yeah. she takes offense to it yeah. <laughs> um i i'm gonna pick an episode actually from season seven because of taylor's ridiculous statement about the the show getting so dark season seven has some very funny episodes in it taylor like i know the direction does get darker but there's some like laugh out loud episodes in that one too and i'm gonna pick the storyteller um, so it's an episode in the final season where if you can remember Andrew, he's yeah. one of the, the only three of the trio that mm. that's alive. He is sort of documenting as all these Slayer oh, um, yeah, potentials yeah, yeah. are coming at the house and he's doing it like this over the top kind of old style film thing of like documentary style. He's sitting in a chair all dressed up and he, the scenes that he makes up that everyone does is hilarious. Like as yeah. he introduced the characters, there's like wind blowing in their faces and they're all like he's telling all the story and he's over exaggerating everything. And then he kind of rewrites his own history of all the stuff that happens. And it's very funny. It's very overacted. It's very well done. And it's an episode that still makes me laugh in the middle of a very dark season. But it's a very, very good episode. He's great. And his his and Anya's dynamic. There's a scene where they're in the hospital getting supplies and then they they are like, well, the world's ending anyways. You want to race? wheelchairs <laughs> yes i love that scene. Yeah. so you're right there are still funny moments i think um the trio right there in mm-hmm. season six they have really season great six, yeah. they have really great comedic moments the episode where jonathan casts a spell as if he's the slayer or like oh yeah the rewrite this yeah like he's the best guy in town that's yeah. a great episode just called jonathan he's just jonathan <laughs> yeah yeah um, and they even redid the opening to have yeah. him in doing things. Yeah, yeah. And um, band yeah. candy. I've never seen that one. Really? It's in. It's in season. Uh, it's actually. I think it's in season five or four. Actually, Matt. It's a little earlier, and it's the first time you see Jonathan back since high school. And it's. I, I think it actually might be in season four because I think the initiative's around. But he casts a spell, and the whole episode is this alternate reality where he's the hero. Oh, I gotta check that out. Yeah, and Buffy, one. like, looks up to him and can't really do... She's the slayer, but, like, can't really do as much as... He teaches he her, like, her kung potential. fu and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very good. It's very funny. Look it up. I think it's in season four. It's 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 pretty good. 
Um, okay, we, we got we got to get going. Okay. Um, we got one one fan question left here, and that's about what's our favorite season. What's the best season of Buffy? What's your favorite season of Buffy? That's a good question. Six. Season six. Yeah. Really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, with dark the the, well, yeah, the yeah. willow choice. That, check, I mean, that, that checks. Out. <laughs> it also has it also has one once more with feeling. Yeah. It has Rasa. And um, seeing red with the with uh, Tara's death. Yeah, I think it's. Yeah. I think there's a lot in there. I, I really don't like the supervillains. I really was hating season six for the most part. <clears throat> but I love what they did that they ended up, they were impactful. <laughs> one, one, one could argue. Oh, the, the Warren trio, was, the three of them. Warren yeah. was impact was one of the most impactful for what he did. But yeah. Yeah. Mike, you go next. Taylor, what about you? No, you go next. Me? Okay. Well, okay. I, I'm the, my emotional choice is season seven because it was actually the first season of Buffy I ever had on DVD. And I watched it over and over and over and over and over again. Then I finally got the rest. Um, but, um, but I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with season three because I do like faith, that whole storyline kind of angel um, coming back from, from hell uh, and, and angel faith Buffy and everything going on with the mayor and like the super sort of showdowns. It was kind of the first time the show really, really did that. Um, and I really loved season two. So season three was to me like a really, really good follow-up. Um, and to me, they finally started to get Willow and Xander right. Where in the first two seasons, I think they were still finding who those characters were. Um, and season three, they start to really fall into who they'll be for the, for the rest of the series, which is nice. Um, so I, I really think that season three to me is, is is still my favorite all, all my favorite characters still like cordelia is still there oz is still around for most of it like it's uh, to me it's got a lot of great guest stars so season three i'm definitely um a season one through four kind of gal like to me that's my favorite and i i watch seasons five through seven but like i really like seasons one through four so it's kind of hard for me to pick a favorite i'm kind of with you mike it would be between season two and season three but i'm gonna go with season two because i love and this is gonna speak volumes about me so no judgment i love spike and drusilla <laughs> yeah. no. no they're great they, they are. i love their dynamic i um like i you know if you had to pick between angel or spike like and I know this gets a little complicated because of things he does later on, but which most fans just choose to ignore. But um, I'm a ride or die for Spike. And I think, in, you know, he's so great from the onset, from the introduction. Um, so even though I'm kind of torn between season two or season three, I'm going to go with season two because we really see Drew and Spike kind of like at their most, I don't know evil <laughs> i don't know yeah yeah no that's good hey it's it's uh, i think that buffy had a lot of really good seasons so i can't argue with with any of those um okay we we got to move on and we have to talk about once more with feeling so that's what the fans want so let's talk point. about once more with feeling. yeah it was a whole point so we're going to review once more with feeling the the buffy musical episode just like we would a movie we're going to talk about what we liked about it we're going to kind of discuss anything we didn't like about it give it a rating that type of thing um it was in season six it's uh the the whole premise is that a a demon 
changes reality, which some of the best episodes have that happen in it. And everyone is singing. They're all in a musical. Um, it's a very, and they know very, very they know episode. that it's not normal, which I think is within a within a few seconds. Yeah, they know something's up. Actually, a... the minute. <laughs> Go ahead. I think it's a great plot device because normally when these things happen, they treat it as if this is just life now. You know, we're just in a musical, mm. but all the characters are like, "No, this is not right. This is." Well, it was it was one of the first shows to do this too. Like this whole trend of shows having musical episodes wasn't really a thing when this happened. Like this was a very new concept. So I think that that also lends to it. It's it's most the most creatively done. Um, and within the first, you can see it when Buffy is singing her opening song. She gets kind of this look off to the side, like what's going on, and then continues singing. Like within the seconds, there's a, they know she knows there's a problem. Um, and that's that's kind of yeah i agree with you taylor so uh, anyway why don't you continue taylor like talk about the the episode what do you like about it what works for you uh how, how did you how did you enjoy uh, once more with feeling i love it i think the songs are great i forgot how important this episode was in terms yeah. of character trajectory and how this is kind of like the characters are at a crisis point and again, what a great framing device to bring things to light. And um, Xander and Anya kind of say that, make that point by saying, you know, um, we were singing things we would never say out loud. Um, so, yeah, I think it's great. Um, you know, some some of the actors are stronger sing- singers than others. But again, this isn't supposed to be like real life like it's a spell so you know it's not like everyone all of a sudden is going to be amazing singers or whatever so um i love you know as a spike fan i love i love the spike songs and um the the big reveal as to who for some reason i always forget and i don't know if this is just because this is a great way of the writing i always forget who's the one who summons the demon like i always think it's dawn and i even said that to dan i'm like oh dawn did it and dan was like oh dawn because she's horrible right she's always you know everyone thinks she's horrible so you're like of course dawn did this and then when you get the reveal that it's actually xander like what again what great payoff (laughs) (laughs) like i love it so i don't know i'm a big fan obviously it's it's i'm all it's almost biased that we're reviewing this episode because obviously we're all gonna love it you know we're all gonna tell everyone to run out and watch it but this happens to this is what I ca- will caution people because I've had people tell me that this is the first episode they've seen of Buffy and so they've hated the show. But I think you really have to have six seasons worth of backstory to enjoy this episode. Like I don't think you Without can just I don't think you can just parachute into this episode and be like, oh yeah, it's great, it's amazing. People are gonna be like, what the heck's happening? Why? Yeah. Anyways, because it's you have to have yeah. so much new. You have to understand all of the history between the characters to really understand what's going on in this episode. I, I again, personally, that's why I think it's so good is because you you understand the six years of history and the episode being as important as it was, I think, made it all that better. So I, I agree with you, Taylor. I think if you start here, you're in some trouble. Um, Matt, what, what about you? G- give us your general thoughts. Oh, so I mean, it's so hard. I, I, <clears throat> I, um, I really, uh, I really enjoyed it. I, um, I, one of the things that I liked, uh, was the, um, was 
so I don't like Dawn. Um, so who does? Who likes Dawn? Dawn got better in the final season. No, she never did. Come um, on. So garbage. She's garbage. Dawn, Dawn, when Dawn begins day. her song, she gets interrupted, which I thought yes. was great. <laughs> and also the lines, whatever line, I can't remember what they were at the time, but like the lines were just so like Sylvia Plath. Oh God, here we go. Teen, teen Dawn and her Moreau song. And then the big bad shows up. Um, who I thought that uh, whoever that actor is is incredible as the as the uh, he's a, a Tony Award he's a, winner. He's a Tony what? Award winner. Yes, wow. um, uh, Babel is his last name. I can't remember his first name, uh, but he was on Broadway at that exact time. Actually, when Buffy came out, yes, he's he's actually he's won two Tonys. Actually, I found it was very witty. Um, like I thought, like the, I loved like the, a lot of the lyrics. Um, like a lot of what Buffy does is they do callbacks. To, to things that have happened sometimes like seasons and seasons ago. Um, like, um, like his penis got diseases from a Schumacher tribe. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh yeah. Um, I forgot about that line. <laughs> also, th- this was back at a time where we didn't see a lot of queer representation. So like the whole, the whole Buffy and, or sorry, the whole um, Tara and, and Willow um, storyline. I mean, people really mm-hmm. loved this because they mm-hmm. were not used to seeing you know, th- this kind of representation. And I think for the most part, Buffy played it fairly safe and sort of family friendly with the two of them. But like they got away with quite a bit, I think, in that song where mm-hmm. the love song where, you know, she the had, love song. You mean, yeah. yeah where, I mean, there was a lot of innuendo there about you make me complete and like where they cut that song off particularly with the word complete. Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, the line spread beneath my willow tree which is great. The only thing that bothers me about that scene is that, that I, for some reason they look like they're, they're, you know, working a shift at the Renaissance. Fair yes. I'm so glad you brought Their it up. Their costume choice. They don't, what are they wearing? They don't dress like that the rest of the show. No. So why? <laughs> Agreed. All, every time Tara was on scene on the screen, I was like, what the heck? Yeah. <laughs> no one else is wearing different. Well, I guess, Xander and Anya, when they're in their bed in the bedroom, they're wearing yeah. like 1940s. Yeah, very much pajamas. like top hat, Fred Astaire, yeah. Ginger Rogers, sort of throwback. Yeah. Um yeah, I um I mean I, I love the two of them together. Um I also like that um we we can't we can't uh, overlook the the um the forgotten song that doesn't actually happen in this episode, but happens in the next season uh, with, with Anya in, um, oh, what was it called? What season, what episode was that? Is that the one where her and Buffy fight? Cause she's a demon <sighs> again. And, and yeah. Selfless. Explodes, like the cats or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Selfless. Selfless. It's when, yeah. When basically they, they, they Anya's back to her vengeance demon self and she realizes yeah. that she has to kill Anya. And there's a flashback to the musical episode where Emma Caulfield gets to sing again. So she gets to sing. I'll be. I don't remember this. What? Oh yeah. If you look up, I'll be Mrs. um, On YouTube, you can catch, you can see this. You can see just that scene. And it's, it's basically takes place right after um, they've gone to bed. They've, they've done their little musical number, the two of them. And then she starts singing about how she's getting married and what that's going to be like for her. And then it has a hard, hard cut. Almost like one, like right out of the body. You know how they had the, these like really disturbing uh, scenes where they would cut right. to something like 
in close up and um it cuts to her being nailed to the to the wall by buffy like by this with the sword and it's just like oh god it's heartbreaking oh it gets me every time i'll have to look yeah, that one up definitely. i can't remember that one huh yeah you don't um, remember the episode at all i remember her becoming because this is after xander abandons her mm-hmm. so yeah she well after it. well after huh. yeah this is season seven Oh. This is the final season where this happens, yeah. There's a oh. whole kind of storyline of her going back to her vengeance demon I'm near like, the beginning. Actually, I'm like Matt the beginning. blanking on the Jonathan episode. <laughs> so, so there's a frat house and they've picked a girl. To, oh, I remember it. this. Yes, the I remember giant the spider. Yeah. I remember the frat house. Yeah, and so basically Anya kills everyone in the frat house on behalf of this girl who says, I wish you all could feel what it's like to have your hearts ripped out. Right. So she takes it literally, and that's when Buffy says, okay, that's enough. we got to get rid of her. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, it's a great episode. Um, And I do agree of the the callbacks. Like, having that episode, the season seven callback to the musical episode, everything that happens with, you know, Buffy and Spike's relationship, even Buffy's relationship to everyone else, like a relationship with Giles, relationship with everyone, um, and kind of finding out where that she was in heaven. When they they How brought her back, gut wrenching, eh? Just seeing their reactions oh, when they put two and two sure. together. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, and like that's the thing that that's I think why to me this episode as a musical episode is a cut above the rest of everything else. Is it was not only well thought out, but they really made it so it impacted the series and was important for character development and meant something. It wasn't just a random throwaway episode it meant yeah it wasn't a monster of the week like it was uh no no i mean it was in a way but they made it they made it you know very very impactful um yeah i i agree with everything you both said i think this is such a such a good episode i think that um what i really like about it just from a production standpoint is i thought they were very smart with understanding the abilities of the cast that they had Mm -hmm. where if you watch it all the solos, aside from Buffy, because Buffy's the lead. She has to sing solos. You can't get away from that. All the solo songs are Giles, Spike, Tara, and, of course, the the demon, who all can sing. Yeah. Everyone else, they're like, okay, duets, little lines here and there. But they tried to focus on the people who who could sing. Willow. And I think they did a really good job. I read, I read last night Willow. Uh, what's her name? Allison Hannigan. Allison Hannigan. She begged not to sing yeah she can't well she can't sing so yeah, she, she begged she said give me as few lines as possible and then dawn said instead of singing she wanted to do a dance because she's trained yeah, in ballet she had training yeah, yeah yeah so i think that's kind of um, cool. and again and again it all worked right yeah. like it worked for for the episode it worked for showing off the talents it made it it made it, it you know it made it to me feel more real and impactful to not have to listen to to people who can't really sing so yeah. i think this <laughs> one's mostly filler yeah yeah exactly that was her line is that isn't that like yeah i think she has one other line in like um i've got a theory but like just one like it's very it's she doesn't really have much so yeah i i, I think that that really worked and give it to like the other people can sing like that's the thing the other the supporting cast objectively are all good singers so it, yeah. it worked it, it made it work really well um, yeah, I, I love the episode too. I think it really worked on all levels. Um, we could talk about this forever, but unfortunately we do have to kind of 
move on and, and do a few things to kind of wrap up this episode. But um, yeah, let's let's um, let's give our ratings. Uh, what do you what do you give once more with feeling in our in our film ratings? Taylor, you you start things off. Of course, it's a see it, but with the uh, with the disclaimer, don't make this your first Buffy episode. But certainly, don't skip it when you're doing a rewatch. It is a it's a see it for me. Yeah, I agree because I'm giving it a see it, but like meaning I would run out to the movie. Like if this was in the movie theater, I'd run out to see it. Do you know they used to? But if you have never seen Buffy, don't. (laughs) Mike, they used to show it in theater. It used to be sing-alongs. And then there was some sort of financial dispute. How fun would have that been? That would have been a lot of fun. Anyways, what can you do? I am, well what can you do i mean that's that's finances right like we don't we don't know hey but you could do you could do a private sing-along for for your birthday by booking the screening room nice plug that, right yes right book yes, the screening room play once more with feeling invite all your friends and us and we'll have a sing <laughs> uh, matt give give us your rating for for the episode oh i'm all about to see it and i agree with everything you guys said Good. Perfect. Well, that's that's the great way to go. Oh, and just for just for for history's sake, Hinton Battle is the name of the guy who played the uh, demon. He was in uh, The Wiz and Dreamgirls and Wizard of Oz, and he's won two Tony Awards. He's very he talented. He was in The Wiz and Wizard of Oz. He was in The Wiz and Wizard. He played the Scarecrow in in uh, in both. I wonder how often that's happened. Uh, according to the article I was reading, uh, never. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, that's his second claim to fame, is that. Pretty cool. His first is Buffy. Of course. <laughs> so it says his first as he was the demon in Buffy. Um, so there you go. Shout out to Hinton Battle, who was uh, excellent in that as well. Um, as I said, we're getting close to the end of the episode, and we really do have to preview what we have next week because we have to announce it uh, and let people vote on next week. Um, but I just want to get everyone's closing thoughts on the series at whole, um, just because we were here to talk about Buffy and, and I'll make everything fit. So, so starting, starting with our guests, starting with you, Matt, just to give us your final thoughts on, on Buffy as, as a series, anything you didn't, uh, get a chance to mention, anything you want to say, go ahead. Yeah. Um, Taylor, you're going to hate me, but, um, I've never seen most of season one. I can't oh. watch it. I, I joined it in season two and season one feels so not like Buffy to me that like, I agree. I, I can't really get into it. Um, but, um, but I wouldn't, I mean, like if, yeah, I, I, I say if you're what, if you've been listening to this and you haven't seen Buffy, that would be weird. But uh, I would, <laughs> if you, if you just happen to be listening to it for, for out of pure boredom and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, maybe I'll watch, watch, watch it. Please do. It's a lot of fun. It, it, it hasn't really aged at all. The fashions. Yes. But I think overall, but, Matt, I will, still... I will say those fashions have come back in as old <laughs> as true. new. <laughs> yeah, that, that is true. Um, you can't really go wrong with a show that has, um, it has so much mythology about it. And it's like, it's for considering it's set in, you know, quote unquote, present day California. Um, it's definitely a world building show as well. Um, so yeah, um, it, it'll make you feel good and make you, feel awful too but yeah uh taylor uh give us your final thoughts here i can't really uh add 
um, more. I think Matt summarized it very well. You probably could skip season one. I think um, you get introduced to Angel and he has such a dramatic introduction in the first episode. Mm-hmm. So again, mm-hmm. for someone who uh, just loves the vampire dynamics, um, that's why I never skip over season one. But I, I it really hits its stride in the second season. I will say that... Um, Matt's right in that it hasn't aged in some in because it kind of was critiquing gender norms like you never were supposed to look up to Xander I think some of the things that Xander does would seem really dated now but also maybe not because guys still act like Xander (laughs) so Xander also gets better as the show goes like Xander in seasons two and three and Xander's in five and six are like completely different (laughs) when Xander gets his eye plucked out that's like one of the most devastating things they've ever shown on the show yeah oh for sure so like he definitely does grow so yeah um I don't know if you haven't seen it yet you're crazy it's like the original Sabrina go out and watch it if you like Riverdale don't get Mike started on Sabrina that's not we don't have time we have like two minutes left we don't have time (laughs) all right so mike give us your in the last two minutes what are your thoughts yeah i'm gonna give a quick thought because i thought matt said everything that i would want to say um i i do agree that that season one is a bit rocky i think they really find their footing by season two i love the whole series from that point on i could watch it over and over again what i love about it is the characters I think it's a show that brought a lot of different characters and a lot of different people to the table. They did a lot of cool things with with backgrounds and and having characters clash. I loved that about the show. Um, so yeah, Buffy, Angel, both always going to have a, a, a place in kind of my background in history of, of TV shows, and it'll be something I always go back to. So yeah. It's it's a it's a fantastic show. Um, just before we end off today, I do want to quickly announce: go to our website, screeningkingston.com. Week three's voting is out now. Next week is '90s week, so your three options are: Taylor selects a musical and a romantic comedy for Mike to review, and Mike selects a Tom Hanks and Meryl Streep movie for Taylor to review. So that's option one. Option two: Mike and Taylor review The Matrix. Option three. Mike and Taylor select a movie from their childhood for the other one to watch and review. So those are the three options. They're all out now, screeningandkingston.com. Thank you so much, uh, Buffy fans, for listening. And yes, I agree. If you're not a Buffy fan and you're still listening, you must like us a lot because um, you wouldn't know what the heck we were talking about. But thank you for, for, tu- for, for tuning in again this week. And thanks to Matt for being such a good. And thanks player. to Matt. Sorry, thanks to Matt. He, he's <laughs> Matt's just part of the team now. I forgot Aww, to thank Matt. Thank you, Matt, for for coming thanks on for the show again. Me. Thanks, fans. Go see some movies. It's November, and that means it's the CFRC annual funding drive. It's on right now, and you can go to CFRC.ca for all the details. CFRC is celebrating its 100th anniversary in 2022, so they're trying to raise money to update all their equipment to continue to bring you great programming like Screening in Kingston. So make sure to go to CFRC.ca and donate if you can. Thank you for listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast, recorded at CFRC at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario. Queen's University sits on the traditional lands of the Haudenosaunee and Anishabi peoples. We would like to thank the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences and the CFRC Podcast Network.